Right. Have you been watching anything, Dave? We watched something. We did. We actually went the pictures together. Yeah, on Batman Day. Batman Day. And which Batman did we see? The original Michael Keaton, 1989, Tim Burton, Jack Nicholson, starring. Yeah. My favourite Batman, to be honest. It's still my favourite Batman film. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think I've seen it again for a long, long time. What amazed me about it was how fast-paced it was. You always have this idea of older films that they're just slow and bumbling along. And it's, I don't know why I think that. It was the first, like, full-on comic book movie wasn't it yeah and like certainly like mainstream it was massive at the time I mean oh, I was obsessed bonkers. to be honest like the t-shirts like everyone had, I think I had I think I had multiple I had Batman the t-shirt t-shirts. I had the album I used to have the yeah, playing cards Prince did the yeah. soundtrack to it didn't I he? had the, obviously the Batmobile because I remember when it was announced wasn't it Michael Keaton was Batman and they, it, obviously there was no internet in them days was yeah. there? there wasn't Twitter so the outrage was a minimum, because no one understood how Mr. Mom was basically going to be Batman. And then that, I remember that first picture coming out of him in the suit, standing next to the Batmobile. And it was like, oh, everyone was like, yeah. no one wants to well, see this. I think it is pretty perfect, because apparently Michael Keaton is a bit batshit crazy. <laughs> and it's that it's that. But I think everyone thinks Batman's like yeah. big and strong and stuff, yeah. you know, and he's only like a slight guy and he... Compared to, say, like, Ben Affleck, who's, like, the most recent Batman. It was interesting casting, I'll give them that, but I, I think he's his version of Batman definitely stands up. Obviously, Christian Bale is something else, but is that more down to Nolan's direction and vision? I don't know. I still think it's the best Batmobile as well. Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, don't get me wrong, the Robert Pattinson one... I wasn't really. I just, I just thought the film was completely pointless. If I'm honest, you didn't enjoy it, did you? No, I did. did. It was just, it just bored me. I just didn't see the point of another Batman. If I'm honest, but we're getting another one again. I know. (laughs) But the only thing I liked about the Robert Pattinson one was the Batmobile because it was a bit more. It was just a. You can tell it's probably only his first one. It'll probably evolve into something more, won't it? But it's just a a proper car at the minute, isn't it? I just. wasn't didn't do for me at all I, it, I think I'm just a bit batman out over the last couple of years <laughs> so. there, is, there is loads to choose from but it was good yeah. that like of all the ones that were on that weekend with Batman Day to go and see the go original see the first one was the right yeah. choice wasn't it? it I did nearly fall asleep in it though because we we went to watch the match before didn't we you were a bit tired were you oh, it's like sat there and it was about half an hour in <laughs> and I was really conscious of myself or just like my eyes were going and I had to like really like come on I can't cheat myself up to watch it like we'd be the worst superheroes I in the world I was literally just my eyes were going I was like oh, I'm so comfy and it was like oh you'd be the only one that slept through the bat signal yeah I know but didn't but I've also been watch. I've literally absolutely hammered the last uh, week or two Top Boy oh you mentioned this yeah yeah oh I'm up. So does the, the Channel Four did the first two series, and they only did a couple of episodes. I think it was four episodes per series, and then they, they let it go. They just like it was like highly regarded, won mm. loads of awards. Um, Is this the money question like we had last week? I Talking don't know. Like independent films, Poss- and possibly. Stuff. But Channel Four decided not to not to take it up again, and it, it was it was sort of off the screens for seven years. And Drake, the rapper. 
he set up, he's got a production company and he, he was one of his favourite shows mm. and he was a driving force to get it and back up and running. But it worked out really well because the seven-year gap they dealt with really interestingly. Like, they didn't hide it then? It, no, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, the episode itself, sorry, the series itself skips seven years. Yeah, yeah. And I love the way they did it as well. There's a lovely seven-year gap in it. Oh, it is fantastic. It is. But... It is like it's hardcore. Like oh, there's there's people die left, right, and centre. I I would be the worst gangster on the street. Like <laughs> I just would be like, oh, and you're in bed by nine o'clock. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't make a gangster. What about yourself? As a gangster? Yeah. No, I just don't have the energy for it to be honest. <laughs> I know you were saying every week you need friends, but they're not the type of friends that you need. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Liam. My name's Dave. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say, if you've never seen 40-Year-Old Virgin, we're off to get our chest waxed. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so much, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Right. Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm looking forward to this one. Are you looking forward to this one? So, let's get straight into What's the theme for this week, Dave? So, it's Hidden Gem, which you had... Uh, wait, wait. No, no, way we're back was what I had You hadn't seen. seen. Me Hidden Gem was Hunt for the World of People. Hunt for the World of People. So, only like right. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> really staying on top of these themes, aren't we? So, of your Hidden Gem, Dave, what is it? I've picked the hard way. Oh, interesting. Let's go. Okay, so The Hard Way is a 1991 buddy cop movie. And the story is that a worldwide famous actor called Nick Lang, he uses contacts to go undercover in the NYPD because he wants to become a more credible actor and get the lead in a new police drama. So he sees a cop called John Moss on a news interview and he wants to be able to capture some of that kind of raw emotion that he has. So he has to be his partner. But the cop during all this is trying to catch a serial killer called the Party Crasher. So our actor is an unwanted distraction. Brilliant. Okay, what made you pick this for your hidden gem? So I put it on because I do love a buddy cop movie. And you'd already picked Lethal Weapon. Well, got in there, didn't I? Yes, you got Lethal Weapon for the 80s blockbuster week. So this was my way of sneaking one in. We do love a buddy cop movie. Yeah. But it is a hidden gem week, so I do feel it's a hidden gem because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. I think it goes under the radar a little bit. We'll talk about the box office later because it wasn't a particularly big hit. I don't know if it meets your criteria, but it's almost a boss little movie. It's got a good cast, it's got good performances, and I think it's got a good script. And considering that... the main cast, considering it's funny, it's got action, it does tick all those 80s movies boxes. Yes. It doesn't seem to be that well known outside of maybe geeks like myself. 
Is that what? What, what did you think? Because you hadn't seen it, had you? Okay, well, I'm going to be totally honest. Not only have I never seen it, never even been on my radar. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. So, purposely, when you told me a few weeks ago that we were going to do it, for the interest of investigative journalism for this episode, <laughs> I didn't do any research on it, didn't Good. look at it, didn't. So, I just thought, I'm going to go in and watch it completely fresh. And I put it on, I think it was Tuesday night now. And it was, it's not amazing. No, no. But I'd never seen it. So I enjoyed it because it was literally, I've never heard of it, never seen it. And I've, I'll be honest with you, yeah. Anything with Michael J. Fox, and you, you feel like you've got to cherish, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think as we get into talk about his movies and, and the characters and stuff, that, that hopefully will come out. But... I, I watched it when it came out, so I went to see it. So I, I'd seen it on the cinema. I used to own it on VHS. So I've, I have seen it this... I can't remember how many times. A good few times, but I haven't seen it for a long time. But when we mentioned about Hidden Gems, was going to be a theme. I did this. I don't know why this just came to my head. And it partly was because I think you did say Lethal Weapon. And I was like, damn, I would have had Beverly Hills Cop for, for my 80s one. Yeah. I thought, can't have, we can't have Lethal Weapon and then Beverly Hills Cop. And then this just came to mind, as in, like, I haven't seen it in such a long time, and I don't know a lot of people that maybe have seen it either. Well, there were a couple of questions there to ask you, but the other question was, do you still think it stands up? Why did you remember it? What was it that you remembered that you think... Because I remember when you first mentioned it, you said to me, I'm not too sure I'm going to pick this, I need to go back and rewatch it. So did it stand up to what you thought it was? Yeah, I think so. I think... I wasn't sure, because like I said, I hadn't seen it in a while, and it was one of those where you remember something was yeah. good at the time, and you remember you enjoyed it at the time. So I do remember, like I said, I remember definitely owning it on VHS, I remember watching it multiple times, but with that bigger gap, you you can revisit stuff, can't you, and go, oh, definitely. it doesn't quite hold up, because I, even I was a little bit worried when we went to see Batman on the cinema, I was thinking, I haven't seen it on the big screen for so long, but I do remember all the movie. And as soon as we were sat in there in the cinema and watching yeah. it, I was like, I know exactly what's coming next. I almost know most of, I reckon I know 60% of the dialogue for Batman. You could probably turn the sound down, I can, I can do it for you. But with this, I was sort of like, it's one of those, I remember it was good. And I suppose the example is when you go back and watch some of like, some of our old cartoons that we loved. Yeah. You don't enjoy them as much. Now, well, we, do you? we've said this, especially about eighties TV shows like A Team and Night Rides. It's absolute junk. It is like, but not at the time. Oh God, no! So yeah. we know what you mean. So there was a little element of, am I going to watch it again and think it's not as good as I remember? No, no, it's not. It what stood out for me is like it's ninety one now, so it's, it's it's cracking on a bit as a film, but the. There's nothing really outdated in it, if that makes sense. There's like, you know, you, you can watch, we've watched, we've put a few films, we've watched a few films and you know that thing they have on a Disney Plus, all the cultural references are a little outdated. It didn't really fall into that trap of which... No, there's no bits where you think you, you, you probably wouldn't do you that watch now. Go, it's cringy now. Yeah. Um, it's the two leads, to be honest. Definitely. Um, they're both great in this. So I did read originally Ted Danson and Jack Nicholson were attached, I, which I is had, quite interesting. I saw that. I would have loved, because obviously Ted Danson at the time was a massive star, because this yeah. was right at that peak of Cheers, wasn't it? Which I'm sure we've mentioned once or twice on the podcast. Cheers has come up a yeah. couple of times, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> Kevin Jack Clyde, Nicholson. Kevin, but, Jack Nicholson would have been amazing yeah. as well. In fact, there would have been about not long 
after he'd done Batman, wouldn't well, it? Batman's 89, this was yeah. 91, yeah. yeah. So he would have went straight on to that. So Ted Danson and Jack Nicholson's an interesting pairing. Kevin Klein and Gene Hackman. Is again another interesting Gene Hackman pairing. It would have been amazing in the, the James Woods one. What would have been funny if you'd have flipped both? Ted Danson was the cop, Jack Nicholson was the actor. Ooh. And vice versa, Kevin yeah. Klein. But I am glad with who eventually yeah. got it. So should, Definitely. should we get into yeah. who, who is actually in it? So then, Dave, who is in Hardway? <laughs> so Michael J. Fox is Nick Lang. He's our actor in the movie. We all know him as Marty McFly in Back we to do. the Future. He was Alex in the TV series Family Ties. He was. That was his... He did like a lot of... It was like 170 episodes or He something. was doing Family Ties at the same time. As Back to the Future. Yeah. He was literally filming in the day and then going off to do Back to the Future. He was obviously in Team Wolf in 1985. He was in Spin City. He's the Ooh, voice of Spin Stuart City. Little as well. Spin City is an underrated comedy show. It's a great show, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's brilliant in The Secrets of My Success in 1987. Did drama with Casualties of War in 1989 with Got, Sean Penn. Yeah. Doc Hollywood, I love, from 1991 as Casualties well. Casualties of War is a funny one because... You feel like he was miscast when you think of the film it is and who else is in it. Yeah. But when you watch it, his it's actually perfect casting because it's his personality is the one that sort of questions what's been going on and, and everything around him. Because I remember thinking when I found about Casualties of War a few years back, I was like, Michael J. Fox in it, Vietnam, a really serious Vietnam yeah. film. But actually... Because of that, that's why it works. I think his character is... is it makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Fightners from 1996, written and directed by Peter Jackson. I don't think you'll have seen The Fightners. I have actually seen The Fightners, You have seen yeah. The Fightners. Only because, obviously, the, the Peter Jackson. Uh, the, the two things, though, I think everyone should go away and watch. The six episodes of Boston Legal that he's in. Oh, no, I haven't got... He plays the love interest of Julie Bowen's character, in it. And he's absolutely brilliant. Okay. He steals the show. Okay. The six episodes he's in. And his episode of Kirby Enthusiasm. Funny you should say that, because that's what I've got. It's, it, that's, it, I think it might be my favourite one, you know. Is it the one where he's in where he's in New York? Because he's yeah. in two episodes of it, isn't he, Kirby Enthusiasm? It's the one where he's... It's in the apartment. Yeah, he, he's yeah. Staying, Larry's staying in the apartment under yeah, Michael J. Yeah. Fox. It's, it's one it's, of the best episodes of oh, Kirby. amazing. And Michael J. Fox, he's an absolute arsehole, isn't he? <laughs> he's amazing. Because <laughs> obviously he's playing, he's playing at like a twisted version of himself, yeah. isn't he? It's, the only, he's amazing. The only one I'd throw in there, and again, it's as a guest appearance is a couple of episodes in Scrubs so I haven't seen them now is he really good it's really quite heartbreaking because obviously I think it's a, right. we all know what my, it, I think I can't remember the storyline but basically I think he, he's a doctor in it a guest doctor but something happens and he I think he dies or something in it but it's it, again for most people who watch Scrubs they're the, they're the episodes that always come to mind right. and it's funny because obviously because he you know it was Parkinson's it's Parkinson's he's got he sort of didn't do his he dipped out for a while didn't he and then sort of come back he did guest penance and obviously it was just it was just easier for him due to with his condition and stuff but when he pops up in in all he's like you said Boston League yeah. and he, oh, he's, so he's just he's just amazing and it, and it's what I said before you cherish every moment with Michael J. Fox on the screen because he's just, he's, he's magical. 
absolutely yeah and I think I think Michael J Fox with the, the Apple documentary being on as well maybe he's sort of being in my mind and yeah. that's where the, hidden, watch that, the hidden gem things come from as well James Woods is our cop John Moss and he did actually follow a police officer around to prepare um, whose <laughs> name sort of was quite, James Woods James Woods yeah, that, yeah so which is ironic considering but that's apparently what the about. he was in um, this, the James Woods who was, he was I think he was in LAPD well he's the James Woods, but the cop was James Wood. James Wood. Just James Wood. But yeah. apparently, he was this James Wood cop had been involved in a couple of Hollywood productions. I think he'd, yeah. he'd done a bit of a like, a, you know, Kevin Spacey role and in, in a LA Confidential. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so James Woods is just his catalogue's too. It's too long to go through. I think on this show, I'll name a few. I'll reel a few off. We've got um, we've got Cat's Eye. From 1985, we've got Best from 1987. He was in The Simpsons. He was. Uh, 1994, he's in Casino. Got that on my list, yeah. He's Hades in Hercules. Yes. And the one I'm going to pick out was a series called Shark. I yeah. just saw that. He was Shark. It ran from I, 2006 I don't to remember it at all. It, to be honest, there's only 38 episodes. They got cancelled, like, way too soon. It, it, it's a really good show, but... Now, I don't know. It's one of those I don't know if it's worth going back to watch because there's no real ending. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it which does. Is a, which yeah. is a bit of a waste. I know. I, the only one I'd add on there, and it's one of my favourite films, the Sergio Leone, Once Upon a Time in America, yeah. is he's brilliant enough. Now, the question is, I'm going to put mm. out about James Woods. I was looking at his history. Should there be more... Should there be more like really big films? I feel like this. I feel like there was a bit of talent lost with James Wood. Um, he's in. I mean, he's in some high-profile things. I don't think he's ever been your number but one casting. He is such a good actor, and his reputation is it. Is it his off-screen persona? I don't potentially? know. I mean, I don't know how. He is to work with. Yeah. I think he has gone a little bit very right wing at the moment and conspiracy theorist yeah. and Trumpist and all that. Because he hasn't done a lot recently. Yeah, has it he? could be a little, a little bit of that. I mean, but and even, he's not getting any younger as well. No, so maybe no. he's just took but a step back from acting. Looking at his heyday in the eighties and that nineties, I think there should have been more. He should have been in more bigger films. He should have been more big performances. I felt like just watching watching through his bibliography today, I felt a bit underwhelmed by it. It might just be really picky. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it could be a bit... It could yeah. be a bit, a bit of that. I mean, certainly when he when he's in something, he's, he's usually the best... Oh, he's, he's charismatic. The best, the best thing, isn't he? He's, he? he's great in Family Guy as well, where he plays James Woods. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's in about eight episodes of Family Guy. He's really good. No, and I think that's probably why I asked the question. I felt... I looked at what he's done. I felt like, up and down, up and down. Especially yeah. like I think the eighties, not eighties. He was there, but the nineties. I felt there was that move into TV when really should have still been doing big films. I just mm. I don't know. I just felt a bit underwhelmed by his history. He is really. He is. He's a special actor, isn't he? But like I say, yeah. it seems like away from the camera. We probably wouldn't get on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen Lang is our serial killer. Call the Party Crash. Yeah, he's most famous really now for the Avatar films. 
but he was in one of my favourite films, Manhunter. Yeah, I saw that. I knew you'd mentioned that. Manhunter. He's in Tombstone. Yes, I got that as well. I can't remember which character, because I actually watched Tombstone not that long ago, actually. I'm trying to think who, was, who he was in it. Um, he's in Don't Breathe 1 and 2, which I don't think you'll have watched. No, they're not horror films, but they're kind of quite sort of gory. Annabella Scarini. Scarina. Yeah. Do you think I've got that right? Annabelle Scarina is Susan, who's um, John Moss's love interest in this. You can currently see her. She's in Tulsa King with Stallone. Yes. That's excellent series. But she was in, I'm sure she was in Copland as well. She was in Copland yeah. with Stallone as well. She's been, to be honest, she's been working solidly really yeah. in loads of TV shows. She was in Daredevil, Luke Cage. She's in CSI, The Good Wife. She's in The Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah. Yeah, she was in seven episodes of that. And then she did Cadillac Man with Robin Williams and she was in Internal Affairs in 1990 with Richard Gere as well. She's got a good history. She's got a good, mm. a lot of TV and films under her belt, hasn't she? Yeah. I think they did the ones I picked at I, Sopranos, but I, I need to go back and remember because there's just so many characters in Sopranos. Yeah, so many come in and out, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Penny Marshall, who sadly passed away in 2018, is in this. She's his agent, isn't she? Yes. Um, most famous probably in America for Laverne and Shirley. That's which right, sort yeah. of, Which made it over here, mm. but wasn't like... It wasn't like Cheers and Frasier as, no. as, as well known, but it's huge over there. But she did direct Big. She directed The Awakenings and she did A League of Their Own as well. Like, she's... As a director, she's done some great films and so not spoken about as much. Like, she's an absolute pioneer. Like, you know, you think there's not many female di- directors of the 80s and 90s mm. that's done more than her. Again, I think that's a, a UK, America thing, because I think because of Laverne and Shirley and some of those films, she was mm. she's more of a household name over there than than, than maybe here. Louise Guzman's in in this, not a big part, but he's like one of the other policemen. He's currently in Wednesday on Netflix, but also was in Community. He was. <laughs> no, well, not, again, not a big part, but he, Well, he's, he's not in only community. in Community, he was actually a former student of Greendale Community College. <laughs> With his own statue. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this was LL Cool J's first ever movie. I was really impressed by LL Cool J, is He's quite funny, he, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I'll be honest, I only really know him from Deep Blue Sea, apart yeah. from the music, obviously, but yeah. that's the only sort of film I, when I was looking through... Um, through his list I was quite because I, I remember saying I thought god this must be like quite early in his acting career when he came, mm. and he he wasn't he didn't look out of place as an actor at all I mean sometimes you can just see someone's just like a bit stiff and, yeah, yeah he wasn't at all he was really good which leads us on to who is your favourite character or performance performance wise I've gone with Michael J Fox yeah so he's Nick Lang so in 1991 which is the same year that the movie was released he was only 29 and that's when he was diagnosed with right. Parkinson's. So he didn't share the news until 1998. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, you know, what an actor, really, to be, like, going through what he was, mm. still putting in that performance. I just think, you know, come back to that episode of Care Enthusiasm. Yeah. Which is which is probably one of my sort of favourite ever, ever episodes. Um, but here, you know, he's playing a sport-rich kid, that sort of wannabe method actor. But behind it all, I think the character's a good guy, isn't he? Yes. You know, he does... He's obviously got the money and the fame, but he does want to help John in the relationship, and, he, you know, he does try and give him the advice. But just think as a comedic performance. Yeah. I think Michael J. Fox is, is amazing in this. And, and, and again, if you come back to the fact that this has come out the same year he found out about his diagnosis as well, I think it just makes it all the more, more special. More special, yeah. See, I... I... 
I knew you were going to go for one of the main ones. It wasn't like I was going to go, well, whatever you say, I'll go the other one. But I, I think I would lean towards James Wood's performance because it's just so intense. The bit where he's just trying to get cigarettes out the vendor machine. It's just... <laughs> and she's waiting, isn't yeah, she? she I'm just all. like, oh, well, he's just so on the edge. She's mm. like... Oh, the, just... the speech he gives, I don't know if you've got this in your scene, but when he gives the speech to him about, you know, being a cop. And all you've this. only got... You've got 17 tickets we've got that yeah it's all of it yeah I think James Woods is amazing but I've just swayed towards Michael J Fox again because we haven't got a huge amount of lead performances after you know after 98 and onwards and you're right you've got you just got to cherish the films that he's in he's 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 a special actor but he's also a more special human being you just Mm. you just feel like that in his presence, you'd just be like, oh. And you know, he would have been amazing at being, I'm not saying he, he still couldn't be, but if they ever did put Uncle Ben in the MCU, him oh. and Tom Holland, Tom oh. Holland's just a young Michael J. Fox, isn't oh, he? That's it. Yeah, that would have been, that would be, be really interesting. Yeah, that would be great. Okay then, Dave, what about your favourite moment or scene in Hardway? There's a few because I think this, I think it is quite rip-roaring, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of, like, slow bits. The fake shooting, so Nick thinks he kills oh, the yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not so much that scene, it's more the scene when he finds out and it's he, fake. Yeah, because he comes back to the police station, Yeah, he's he? going to yeah. turn himself in and he realises it's all, all a joke. That's him showing, like, his, his dramatic heart. size. Oh, yeah, because he, he knew he couldn't let it... Yeah. He had to own up to it, yeah. So for all the sort of comedy elements of the movie as well I think that's quite like a touching scene isn't it when he's like you know he goes back and he realises they've all been like taking the piss out of him basically I like that I like the scene comes down to John uh, James Wood's performance again when they're in the subway and Michael J Fox is pinned down yeah and we think the gun isn't loaded because Nick's character's told him hasn't he but it's just jammed but to me it's a pure 80s cop scene because he puts his life at risk for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole load of cops coming down behind him. But he decides to just go straight up Step, to the back. When he guy. steps out, you're like, this is cool. Like, yeah, he yeah. looks re- he looks cool, doesn't he? Um, and he goes up and like grabs the, the he gets the gun, doesn't he? Eventually off the guy. I like that scene. But my favourite is Nick talking to John as he pretends to be Susan in the bar. Yes, it's it just a great so scene. cringy, and I do love cringy scenes. It's when he says to him, like, he says, other men have no problem talking to me. And John's going, what other men? Like, and then he's going, well, talk to me, but you have to call me Susan. And he can't, but he can't say it. He's gone, yes. and then he eventually goes, Susan. <laughs> but he's hating, he, like, in that moment, though, the, like, the character, he's hating, like, every minute. And there's even the bit where the bartender comes over, coming, just as Nick uh, yeah. says, I want you, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I just think that scene again comes down to those two being the perfect pairing for the movie as well did you get onto the re- the reference of the drink Michael J Fox ordered no what did he get it's the same drink that Dustin Hoffman orders in Tootsie oh is it yes oh, when, right. he's, when he's dressed no, I didn't get in, in the bar one. scene I didn't get onto it wasn't until I read it later I was like oh that was quite a clever callback I think that's the best scene between the two of them oh the acting and actually Michael J Fox takes on Susan's mannerisms really well as well. And I think it shows as the character, he's actually a good actor as 
in the film, not as Michael J. Fox, but yeah, he's he, been observing it. Yeah, he, that's what he does. That is it. My favorite bit was the opening that the jazzy montage at the start, knowing Times Square, the lights and the music. Oh yeah, I really, I just absolutely thought that was amazing. It was, it, I loved the music, I loved the vibrancy of it, and you've got all the signs because you could see the smoke and the billboards the billboards and all that and it's Times Square and you've got that like sort of street performing act that you see it's very 80s where you have like this crowd scene and you cut to it a few times during the film and, like the like the, the street performers yeah. and stuff like that I just thought it was like and then not quite what the film became from the oh, yeah, scenes because it feels like it's almost going to be a little bit of a um, noir sort of like type. Main Street type. Yeah, and it and it's not, but I I just thought the it was just it just looked so beautiful. The colours and the vibrancy mm. of the opening and you know the backdrop of the jazz mainly because I don't know what it is lately. I think it's just matured. I've started to listen to a bit of jazz. I, yeah, I always thought it was like the wank. Those <laughs> 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 was like what what the flip is jazz. But you come around to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just mature. Well, I've got no friends, have I? So I've got to do something with me. <laughs> it's not an anchorman type love of jazz. Is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> gonna catch you with a flute next week. Get, yeah. yeah, catch me with my flute. All right, then. Speaking of jazz music, what's your favourite piece of music? I mean, it's your typical eighties score. Mm. It's got bits. I mean, there's one called Top of the World, which I listen to, which is my which sort of plays for the movie. And it could be straight from like a Spielberg, John Williams type piece. You'll need to listen to it back to to get what I mean. But it, it is that kind of fast paced sort of element to it. But the two songs that are in it, you got Big Girls Don't Cry, yes, from the Four Seasons, and then LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. Yeah, while they're in the club, isn't yeah, it? it? Yeah, plays, and it plays on the end credits as well. All right, then. Well, what about? What is it? I know you said it does stand up well even after all this time, but what is there anything you would change about the film? More scenes with Penny Marshall. Yeah, she was underused, wasn't She's she? She's always brilliant, and I think it would have been nice maybe to see a scene where she comes to see him when, when he is pretending to be a policeman, whether she turns up at the station or... Just more Penny Marshall, I think, was, was, I don't was one. That's ever a bad, <laughs> never a bad thing. Yeah, it's not that she's underused. She's perfectly cast in that part. And it is just a cameo part. Yeah. But I'm just being selfish and I'd, I'd have her more. I'd like to have seen maybe more about the party crasher. Yeah, you didn't really get his... You don't his really... motivation, his, his, his reasonings or nothing. No, you don't really find out enough about him. You don't really find out where he gets his money from. You don't really find out how he chooses the victims. And then at the but very... It, it, we know what he's doing. He sort of, in his head, he thinks he's a good guy. He thinks he's going after bad guys. He didn't really join them dots until the very end, though, if that makes sense. Because it wasn't until he does the speech at the end. He said, because yeah, I explains. can do this... And you think, oh, that would have... Ah, yeah, I'm, I'm with I'd that. I'd like to explore it a little bit more. Because Stephen Lang's a great... Yeah, a great actor, isn't he? So, I do say a lot of times, don't I? Sometimes less is more. Yeah. So maybe the fact that we didn't made them more interesting because we didn't know a lot about it. But yeah, I'm gonna. If you've got to answer the question, I think they're the I, two. More Penny Marshall, maybe more Stephen Lang. There's a couple of things, a couple of scenes for me that, and I'm going through that thing that you've often say something that brought you out of watching a film. One was the car stunt where it rolled over and you could see the roll bars so obviously. Oh, oh it was so obvious. Is this when him and Michael J. Fox are in the car? Yeah, yeah, at, at the end where it rolls over. He's in the police car, which another yeah. thing is, 
he just he just takes it. He just it was like he's just took a police car and he's driving round in it. At that point, they all knew he wasn't a cop, but it wasn't like he was still pretending. But a couple of the other thing I've got as well is the crowd shooting scenes in the club and the metro. They're just shooting guns in crowds, and I'm a bit like, but the police really. And I was a bit like, I was like in an eighties. Like nineties action movie, yes, yeah, but it, I don't know. It just—I know what you mean. It's it not. It was just, yeah. It's a bit silly, silly now. There's a scene in, um, is it John Wick two, and the, the the two of them are sort of walking along and they're shooting at each other across the thing, and you're thinking that's just so awkward. Yeah, and <laughs> now, all right then, Dave. So, what about the impact? What what was what's the legacy of the hard way? I don't, I don't know if there is one because it only opened at number three in the American box office. It only earned 25.9 million. James Woods blamed the Gulf War at the time. Okay. Yeah, he said that audiences just weren't in the mood for kind of a, a buddy cop movie. And I don't know how much truth there is in, in that. Worldwide, it only made 65.6 million, which for a Michael J. Fox film, yeah. James Woods, you know, yeah. 90s action comedy. Well, like I said, I'd never... The never... reviews were, were, were okay. They were yeah. they, they was mixed. There's some really good ones and there's some that, that particularly didn't like it. That's that's absolutely fine. So I think impression, it it's just... It, to, for me, it's my definition of maybe a boss little movie. That wasn't a big hit. Yeah. But it's got great performances, you know, great story and um, ticks a lot of boxes for me. Do you know what was interesting for me? Do you remember when I did Lethal Weapon and I did, I was going on about that piece about the history of the Buddy Cop movie and he said the, the most striking thing was the 80s Buddy Cop movie was really mixed in with that toxic masculinity but by the time it went through to the 90s it was more of that bringing that softer side to the, to the male character yeah. and that's exactly what this film is and it's 91 as well isn't mm. it so it's right on because Michael J Fox was trying to get James Wood to get in touch because that was the whole reason that's what you're because that was his whole thing with that's what you're missing with Susan she wants to know you she wants to hear you speak she wants you to talk to her and it was just literally that article I was reading that transition from 80s to 90s and that's what that's what it was. Yeah. And maybe it was a little bit ahead of its time in that respect. And also, I think it failed to land a little bit similar to Last Action Hero because it is a little bit meta because it's a film about a film. It is taking a piss a little bit out of Hollywood and... Yeah, the, the method ac- acting yeah, side the, and all the, that. The action hero, the whole, you know, he only makes crap films, his character and all that. So I think it was sort of watching it. It reminded me a lot of Last Action Hero. And, and again, it was around the same time. Mm. That just failed to land with audiences at the time. So maybe it was just a little ahead of its time. In, in, in them aspects I don't know yeah possibly or, or maybe just coming into that time the the buddy cop thing was maybe just slowly fading out because everyone possibly had, I don't I don't know or, or or maybe because of some of those other films it was kind of like 
it, it, people people do tend to look at trailers and go, well, it won't be as good as Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. You know, I'll wait, I'll wait for the VHS, you know. But that's what I'm saying. What it's doing was, in it's, in a little way, it was it was poking a little bit of fun at Hollywood. It was mm. poking a little bit of fun at the genre because you mentioned it before, Mel Gibson's, there's a couple of jokes about Mel Gibson, yeah. isn't there? So... It just, I was thinking, did it, did it just fail to land because the audience just weren't ready for it at the time? Exactly like Last Action Hero. It, that's literally mm. what I was thinking when I was watching it the other night. This reminds me of Last Action Hero in so many ways. But be interesting. Anyway, Dave, it's now time for the quick fire round. <laughs> Okay, Dave, I'm going to ask you six questions. I have to take your first answer, and you have two seconds to answer. Could be more, but I want an editor to really come across in two <laughs> seconds. Because there was one question last week, which I think I took about five minutes to answer. Still haven't answered it, have I? <laughs> okay. Cop or actor? Cop. Favourite on-screen cop? John McLean. British cop drama or US cop drama? US. Recast the hard way now. Tom Holland. Yes. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Stephen Lang as the James Woods character though. Oh, a little bit of a, a meta nod. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going there. Okay. Reboot an old cop series. The Bill. Oh, interesting. Okay. Is Back to the Future better trilogy than the original Star Wars trilogy? Oh, no, no. Okay. Good question, though. Okay, then, Dave. Where can we watch The Hard Way? Is it hard to watch? And is it a hard way to watch it? There's no easy way to watch it. Sorry. <laughs> I completely messed that up, but you, you, you saved me there. <laughs> I couldn't find any way you can watch it for free, so you can pay for it on YouTube, Amazon, and Google, just to name a couple of places. The, the usual, the yeah. usual. Okay, if you like the hard way, what else will you like? I'm going to go first, as usual. A couple of themes I've got this week is I've got films that are based around films being made, and I've picked TV shows that are sort of about TV shows. Okay. Now, you have to watch Robert Altman's The Player. Have you ever seen that? Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Amazing, like, sort of piss take of Hollywood. Really good. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely loved Quentin. Some people are a bit, eh, about it. I, I just thought it was... Just, I was quite on the fence with it, to be honest. I loved it. I, 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 just, I think the performances are great. Yeah. I don't know what, as a movie, it's so... It, it feels like three different movies in one. Definitely. Yeah, but that's not unusual Tarantino films, though. Yeah, that, that is true. Boogie Nights. Yeah, good one. That's a, that's definitely a film that you're making. And I know you're going to, I know you'll like this. Get Shorty. I love Get Shorty. Get Shorty's a good one. A little bit of a random one. The Heart of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse. The documentary about making apocalypse now. Which I haven't seen with that shit, isn't it? Oh my god, it's more interesting than film, and the film's mm. amazing. The documentary, honest god, is amazing. Not quite a film about a film, but it's sort of the unbearable weight of massive talent. 
The Nicolas Cage yeah, one? Yeah, Pedro Pascal. I just bad. felt like it didn't get the love it deserved at the time. It's also just passed people by. It's, like, it's a great Because them two are... Yeah, they're amazing together. And last one, Argo. Because they're yeah, in a ram, yeah, they're in a ram, pretense movie, movie, movie. Yeah, so I thought that okay. TV wise, so TV, which is based on TV being made, and the first one we listed, Cave Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> for obvious yeah. reason. Thirty Rock, have you seen Thirty Rock? I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seen that. Seen it a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of British ones. Drop the dead donkey. Yeah, used to be on Channel 4. Doesn't get recognition it deserves. Great cast. A lot of them gone on to a lot of great things. I think a lot of good writers were on that as well. Uh, extras. Yeah, Javakes. Yeah. I mean, he's perfect. A couple more American ones. Again, doesn't get the love it deserves. The Larry Sanders show. I absolutely love that. The David Duchovny episode is oh. one of the... The, the best one. Oh, I love it. Doesn't get doesn't get the love it deserves. Can I just tell you? You can cut this out. But do you remember the, the do you remember the joke with that one? So the joke was that the Coffney was seeing Larry Sanders' ex wife. That's right. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. So there's a scene with Rip Torn is standing there with, with Larry right and he's looking over the Coffney. He's like saying something to him, and he says, um, "I've heard when they're in bed, she went, she's always on top." And Rip Torn just goes, "That lazy bastard." <laughs> But the delivery, the delivery of Rich the line. Horn is immense oh, in, in Larry Sanders. He, without him, I don't think it... it, it oh, I just love Larry Sanders. The only other one I've got on there is I love... I don't know if you've seen Glow, about the women wrestlers. No, is this... Um, on Netflix with Alison Brie. Alison Brie, no, I haven't I seen it. Mark Mammon yeah, is yeah. in it as well, yeah. He's I really in, like him. Really good. It's definitely worth... And again, but the, again... I think they scrapped it after the third series and I was like, oh, there's, there's another series mm-hmm. in it, definitely. Last one, I was sort of, you know, blurring the boundaries here. It's not quite TV, but Mad Men. You know, Go on, I'll, I'll give you it. You and can, just you any, can ex- any excuse to have Mad Men in there, I love it. <laughs> okay, then Dave, what are your choices of if you like the hard way, you will like this? So it's directed by John Badham, who apparently was born in Luton. I just saw that, yeah, he yeah. was at um, an army baby or something, wasn't yeah, he? UK born in 1939, so um, be 84. So some of the movies... So you know literally, his, I think his dad was in the army, came over and, and met a young English girl. And magic happened, yeah. Yeah, the magic. So some of the movies he's directed, Saturday Night Fever. Uh, yes. Yeah, with George Travolta in 1978. War Games. Yes. Uh, another 80s classic. American Flyers, you ever seen that? No. That's a good film with um, Kevin Costner from 86. Short Circuit in 86. Of course. He did that as well. Straight after that, he did Stakeout in 87. Good film. Loads of other movies, but Bears on a Wire, which is, yeah. you've mentioned there's a poster for it, is the Yeah, there's you know, a poster. In the scene, where did the shootout in the cinema later? It's, it's in the background. Uh, right, because there is that joke, isn't it, about... Yeah. How they like Mel Gibson. And then, the, obviously, the irony was he was making Bird on a Wire straight after this. Another Stakeout, then. Yes. Sequel to Stakeout in 1993. So they're the John Badham movies. And then I've picked movies where the character's undercover. Oh, go on, then. It's going to be good. So Point Break. Didn't see that one coming. 1991 with Keanu Reeves from The Never Matrix. Seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 21 Jump Street. That's a great film, isn't it? Fast and the Furious, originally. Yeah. You know, it starts, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he's undercover. <sighs> Paul Walker. Fast and the Furious is just point break with cars. It is. It always, it's, it's, 
unbelievable. It's the exact yeah. same yeah, story, definitely. isn't it? Reservoir Dogs, coming back to Tarantino. Yeah. Donny Brasco. Oh, yeah. The Departed. Remind me. Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, And Jack yeah. Nicholson. Yes. And then I finished with, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, with Adam Driver, Black Landsman. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, that is such a good film. Yeah, you're going to have to check that one out. Oh, I will do. Okay then, Dave. That was your film this week, The Hard Way. Watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>